Welcome to this archived LDN Research Trust conference presentation. We hope you enjoy it. Good morning. My name is Shamodev Datta. I'm an anesthesiologist from Hackensack, New Jersey, and I do full-time pain management. I wish to take this opportunity to thank Linda and the entire team for inviting me to speak at this conference. I will be discussing and presenting some information about naltrexone and its use in pain management. Naltrexone, as you know, has been around since the 1980s. It has been studied extensively and its primary mechanism of action as that of a glial cell modulator. Naltrexone does cause temporary blockage of the opioid receptors. Immediately after the blockage, it induces the brain to release endogenous endorphins in the absence of opioids. If the patient has been taking opioids, use of naltrexone is not beneficial in pain management. It actually will cause symptoms of withdrawal. Naltrexone also causes reversal of activated TLR4 cells in the microglia and neurons. This is extremely useful as many of the neuropathic pain processes, pain is generated and maintained by central sensitization. Naltrexone also reduces the production of a certain pro-inflammatory cytokinin. Finally, Naltrexone boosts the release of T4 cells, thereby improving the immunity of patients. I will discuss the role of naltrexone in pain management. Naltrexone can be administered in multiple dosage forms. Nanogram dosing of naltrexone is used to try and reduce the amount of opioid tolerance. Microgram dosing of naltrexone is used to rapidly transition from opioids to naltrexone in patients who have drug addiction issues. Low-dose naltrexone is used to manage pain and other conditions that will all be discussed during this meeting. That is the primary focus of the meeting here. Regular-dose naltrexone is what naltrexone has been approved for, is used for maintenance of opioids and alcohol addiction. It is of note that regular-dose naltrexone was used and approved for drug overdosage. When I mean drug overdosage, I mean opioids. Let's start with nanogram dosing of naltrexone. To understand the nanogram dosing of naltrexone, we need to understand the mechanism of opioid action. Administration of opioids results in biphasic action. The initial phase of opioid administration results in a stimulatory effect, which is a very brief duration. This is then followed by a secondary effect, which is inhibitory. So when you give opioids, the patient has a stimulatory effect. And as a result, there is stimulation of the neurons and it requires the additional dose of opioids to cause the inhibitory effect. Administration of nanogram doses of naltrexone blocks the initial stimulatory effect. This results in a significant reduction in the opioid dosage to control and reduce pain. 
there has been a lot of literature and a lot of research done on this usage of uh, nanogram doses of naltrexone and it is possible that this may be used on a regular basis. Microgram dosing of naltrexone is used in a slightly different way. It is used in patients who have drug addiction issues. The naltrexone is used in microgram, 100 microgram dose increments and it is introduced at the same time as the patient has been on opioids. The recommendation is to increase the dose of naltrexone by 100 microgram increments and reduce the dose of opioids on a daily basis. The recommendation is to administer naltrexone three times a day and increase the dose of each of the daily doses. It is expected that patients who are drug addicts will be able to wean from opioids completely in between three to seven days. At that time, they will be able to switch over to naltrexone. We are then able to increase the dose of naltrexone to a required dose of 50 to 100 milligrams per day. 50 to 100 milligrams per day of naltrexone is the maintenance dose of naltrexone and is used in patients who have opioid and alcohol drug addiction alcohol addiction issues microgram dosing of naltrexone has many other advantages one of the most significant is the transition of patients being on opioids to naltrexone with significant reduction in side effects one of the big reasons that patients who are drug addicts do not wish to switch over to naltrexone is this big fear that they will have significant side effects during the transition. As a result of that, this transition process is much more acceptable to the patients. In addition, patients are able to reach their target dose of naltrexone quickly. We are then able to maintain patients on the targeted dose of naltrexone as is needed. It is important to understand that microgram dosing of naltrexone is a compounded medication and so there is a cost involved. Ever so often the cost can become prohibitive and patients who are drug addicts may not be willing to bear the cost. We also must remember that not all patients will transition from naltrexone to higher doses of naltrexone without any symptoms of withdrawal. And so it is necessary to be ready to treat patients who have withdrawal symptoms as needed. Full dose naltrexone. This is what naltrexone was approved by the FDA for, for use in opioid and alcohol addiction. It is initially it was approved for opioid overdosage in the 1980s. The targeted dose of naltrexone is about 50 to 100 milligrams daily. Most of the patients on this dose of naltrexone tolerate it quite well. One of the well-documented uses of naltrexone has been in the Sinclair method for alcohol addiction and the usual dose is about 25 milligrams daily. This will be discussed in the meeting but the recommendation is that naltrexone must be given every time patient wishes to drink alcohol and it is hoped that they will finally give up the need to drink alcohol. Low dose naltrexone in pain management has 
been a new change for its use. To the best of my knowledge, naltrexone in pain management has been used for more than 10 years. It has been used for many conditions and many of them will be discussed in this conference. I will focus mainly on pain management. The main use of naltrexone in pain management has been for various neuropathic pain conditions. Naltrexone is not used for acute pain. Naltrexone is not used for post-operative pain management. Naltrexone is also not useful for chronic pain conditions that require large dose of opioids. But in situations that neuropathic pain processes are the primary pain problem, some of the examples mentioned include complex regional pain syndrome, peripheral and diabetic neuropathies, fibromyalgia and other pain conditions that have neuropathic pain processes. Naltrexone has been extremely useful. Naltrexone, low-dose naltrexone has been used in the absence of opioids. Let me just include that in the presence of neuropathic pain processes, there is a significant element of central sensitization. As I had mentioned in the previous slides, that naltrexone will block and reverse the central, sensitiz central sensitization by having to reverse the effect on TLR receptors, toll-like receptors, toll-like receptors 4. It is this process of reversal of central sensitization that is extremely important in neuropathic pain processes. It is well documented in complex regional pain syndrome. In addition to that, in complex regional pain syndrome, we now know that there is a significant element of immune modulation. Naltrexone helps to boost the immune system and so is extremely beneficial. In addition to that, there is a significant element of inflammation that is noted in patients with complex regional pain syndrome. Naltrexone acts almost like an anti-inflammatory by blocking the production of a pro-inflammatory cytokinin. So you can see that naltrexone has a multifaceted effect on pain in these various neuropathic pain processes. And it was this intent that I had shown you a slide previously. Continuing with this slide, it is important to remember that naltrexone has to be given and administered in the absence of opioids. You have to stop the opioids before you administer naltrexone Otherwise, you will have significant symptoms of withdrawal. The usual half-life for the opioids that are used in general practice is about two or three days. So if you use a medication like oxycodone or hydrocodone, you need to stop the medication for about two or three days before you can start naltrexone. If, on the other hand, you're using a drug like methadone, it is extremely important to remember that the half-life of elimination for methadone can be five to seven days. In my experience, I have seen patients who have been off methadone for even up to 14 days have symptoms of withdrawal when you administer even a small dose of naltrexone. So if you do have patients who come and tell you that they are having symptoms of withdrawal after they've stopped the medication for 15 days, do not disbelieve them, but just be patient and tell them that it might take a little longer 
before they can start using naltrexone. I usually start naltrexone at about 1.5 milligrams per day. The recommendation is that they have to be, this has to be taken on an empty stomach for about 30 minutes and they have to be NPO for about an hour after they have taken naltrexone. The primary purpose of this is to allow for rapid absorption of naltrexone immediately after the administration as that is key to the effect of naltrexone. Using a sustained release naltrexone as now is available in the market is not going to be beneficial for patients with pain. There, uh, there has been some literature and some discussion about what is the best time to administer naltrexone. In my practice, I have been using naltrexone to start with in the morning because one of the side effects that patients have from taking naltrexone is they have a certain sur sudden surge in energy. It prevents them from being able to sleep well. This usually is overcome in about 10 to 15 days and we then switch over to a nighttime dosing. I will then increase the dose to about three milligrams at nighttime. My recommendation to patients is that they should contact my office in about two to three weeks after they have been on three milligrams of naltrexone. Sometimes they do call in earlier I need to know where they are. The usual dose for naltrexone on my patients is about 4.5 milligrams. I have a few patients who are taking higher doses of naltrexone up to 6 milligrams, but that is the extent of which we have used naltrexone. Somebody came to my office and asked for 7.5 milligrams, and I did recommend to them that higher doses of naltrexone does not result in improved pain control. And so I was reluctant to give them higher dose of medications. The usual side effects of naltrexone are very minimal. Headaches is a fairly common process, but patients tend to get accustomed to the side effect. So if you treat them with the usual medications for headache, you will find that that is quite acceptable. Gastritis, this can be an issue. One of the requirements for administration of naltrexone in pain management is to administer the drug on an empty stomach. So based on how the patients respond, gastritis can be a problem. We have tried to change the pharmacy because pharmacies use different fillers to see if that would help the patient. We have tried to use pharmacies that make a tablet and see if that would benefit the patient. But the occasional patient will complain about gastritis and the problem is that it doesn't get better. The other side effect that we see in patients is insomnia. This is actually quite a common process, especially during the earlier phase of administration of naltrexone. Occasional patients find insomnia to be quite extensive and they find it difficult. And so we have had to stop the medication for some time. In those patients, what we have done is administered naltrexone during the daytime so that the stimulatory effect of naltrexone is used to their benefit. Withdrawal symptoms. Withdrawal symptoms have happened in my patients, not frequently, but is well, dis well noted. This is, I think, based more on the fact that we are not able to assess exactly what has been the elimination half-life of the medications in patients. But in addition, sometimes patients wish to have quick response to the medications and they are in a rush to raise the levels of naltrexone or introduce it earlier than what I have recommended and they will have these symptoms. 
I usually work with them, give them medications like clonidine to help with the tachycardia or give them ondansetron to help with nausea, and they usually get better. Occasional allergy, it has happened in one patient in my case, and occasional candidiasis. These are some of the very few side effects seen in naltrexone. These are some of the suggestions I could make with you to you as regards how to use naltrexone. One of the more important things is to explain to the patient that they have to be patient. Naltrexone is not like a short-acting opioid where if you're not getting adequate pain relief, you can take extra pain medications and see the results. It may take some time and it may take up to three months before you see some results. I have had patients where the results have been seen in a week, some in a month. And so I tell my patients to be, you know, just to hang in there because sometimes it can take a long time before results can be seen. In patients who are having significant difficulty controlling their pain, we have used oral ketamine for breakthrough pain. I like to start ketamine at a very small dose of five milligrams and I use it up to four times per day. If that is not adequate, I will increase the dose. I have used the most ketamine that we have on any one patient is about 100 milligrams per day. Oral ketamine is given usually as a tablet, but ketamine can also be administered as a nasal spray. It appears that nasal ketamine can be extremely beneficial for people with depression. Now, I make a mention about the occasional use of opioids for breakthrough pain. I have some patients who require an occasional tablet of oxycodone during their treatment with medication with naltrexone. The recommendation is to give naltrex, uh, give the op uh, opioid oxycodone or hydrocodone, whatever, a few hours before the administration of the dose of naltrexone. So if patients are getting a dose of naltrexone around 11 o'clock at night, I would recommend that you give them the oxycodone or oxymorphone about five to six o'clock in the evening, and that's only one dose. In some patients, if gastritis becomes a big problem, we have used a topical paste of naltrexone, and this has been very well tolerated. Topical paste can be applied anywhere on the body and at any time, and the absorption has been quite satisfactory. These are some pearls from my personal experience, and uh, everybody over here presenting has a lot of experience, so I will defer to them for further guidance. But in the last five years, we have used naltrexone in about 400 patients. We have had about a 65% response rate. That is just a, a gross number. I couldn't give you an exact number because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't adequately documented. There, we have had some patients who have had a very difficult time getting off the opioids. And like I said previously, we've had some patients that have taken three months before they've had pain relief. I've also, like I've mentioned before, increasing the dose beyond six milligrams made no difference. Please persevere. If patients are dissatisfied and they feel that naltrexone has not been helping, the recommendation is that you stop the medication. Tell them that there will be no symptoms of withdrawal when they stop the medication and make a follow-up appointment for them in the office in about two weeks. And at that time, you can sit down and review with them what has been the issue you will find that very often patients will suddenly realize that naltrexone has been helpful and they will require and they will request 
that we reintroduce the medication to them. One of the simple tools that can be used is a patient global impression of change. And you can try that to start and see if, there's ha if they have had any difference. What is interesting is that you will find that most patients will have some kind of a response. And if they don't, then you have a choice. Stopping naltrexone does not cause any withdrawal symptoms, as I mentioned above before. In addition, if patients are likely to have surgery, I always tell them to keep us informed. Naltrexone can be stopped about 48 hours before surgery, and they can then have the usual pain medications for surgery, whatever that surgery requires. Usually, the patients who have uh, hernia surgery or they've had dental surgery will require pain medications for a few days, and they can then stop the short-acting opioid immediately after surgery and recommence naltrexone at the earlier dose that they had been taking. They don't need to go through the process of reintroduction of naltrexone. So if they were at four and a half milligrams of naltrexone, you would reintroduce the naltrexone at the same dose. When we do have patients who have very significant and acute exacerbations of pain for whatever reason, my choice in these situations is to use high dose of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. I try not to use steroids because it causes significant immune suppression. And uh, one of the beneficial effects of the use of naltrexone is a, is a boost to the immune system. So using steroids will actually negate that benefit. The non-steroidal that I use quite commonly is either celecoxib or I use uh, Motrin. And these can be used on high doses for three to five days and you get a pretty good response. Finally, I will say this in my experience that majority of patients who did not respond to naltrexone did not re return back to opioids, which is quite amazing that you think that some of these patients have been on opioids for 10 years. And when you wean them off the opioids, they absolutely do not want to go back on the opioids. So maybe all patients do not require to have opioids. I'm now going to present a series of cases that are all varied. And these are all my personal patients who we have been working with. And it has been an interesting journey. This is ER. She's a 51-year-old female. And she used to be an attorney at law. And because of the significant pain that she had in her arm, she had to give up a practice of, of law. She went on to study theology. And she had changed her professions. Now she's uh, certified in theology and she practices the same. She came to me with severe pain in the right arm with significant limitation of range of motions and was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome. Before she came to me, she had been tried by the other pain management physicians on multiple modalities, various injections, medications, etc., and had been referred to us for possible ketamine infusions. I have been doing ketamine infusions in my practice for about eight or nine years, and we had presented information in a conference indicating that we had done in excess of two and a half thousand infusions with an approximate patient global impression change of about 4.6, which is quite satisfactory. So this would have been a good option. I told the patient about naltrexone and she decided to go ahead with the same. She's been receiving naltrexone for the last few years and now has minimal pain with a very significant improvement in function. She has no side effects of the medication. She's extremely grateful and her personality has improved tremendously. 
and she comes and tells me that her family is so pleased about the whole situation. JC is a 74-year-old male. I have been treating him for more than 10 years for pain because of idiopathic peripheral neuropathy. We've tried him on various medications, including, and this is what he was on before we tried naltrexone. He was on a fentanyl patch and oxycodone. And we had discussed naltrexone on multiple occasions, and he was extremely reluctant. His wife would come for the office visit on a regular basis, and finally, she convinced him to make the transition. So my recommendation to you would be that if you are thinking about making a transition to a drug like naltrexone, having spousal support or family support, and if they get to understand what you're looking to achieve, may be extremely beneficial to try and make that transition. This transition was quite slow, but he was very pleased and he reports to me that his pain scale was about 6 out of 10. When we further inquired as to what was causing him that additional pain, it wasn't the neuropathy that was painful, but that he had cervical spondylosis and he also had some arthritis in his shoulder. We have done occasional cervical median branch nerve blocks and that has been extremely beneficial. And we've used celecoxib in addition to that and he is doing very well. LT, she is a female who has been diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome since she was about 25 and has had pain medications for more than 25 years. Her complex regional pain syndrome has widespread in multiple parts of the body. She had been referred to me for placement of an intrathecal pump. Now, her systems have her symptoms have spread into different parts enough that she had a neurogenic bladder and required for her to have a bladder pouch because of urinary retention. She was also getting multiple infections. As part of the treatment, she had medications, etc. She had spinal cord stimulators in multiple areas. It is of note that the spinal cord stimulators in her neck kept breaking. And so the neurosurgeon had done uh, surgery to try and help with the same. I placed an intrathecal pump in for her many years ago and we never were getting adequate pain control, so we would keep increasing the pain medications in the pump. She had come to my office for ketamine infusions on multiple occasions. This continued for many years till I got introduced to naltrexone, and then we introduced her to that. This was quite a difficult transition, mainly because she had opioids in the intrathecal pump, so we needed to wean her off the opioids in the intrathecal pump before I could introduce naltrexone. She was also extremely reluctant. But the good thing is that her son, who would come to the office with me and her husband, were both supportive and it allowed and helped in the transition process. Since she was a, she was uh, transitioned over to naltrexone, she's had multiple surgical procedures and has needed post-operative pain management in the usual way, but she's been able to get back to naltrexone without any problems. The family is extremely happy that she's not on any opioids. And her sister recently died from drug overdosage. So they're quite happy that there is no opioid in the house. Her son, who I have been seeing as he grew up, is now a fully qualified nurse. Another LT female, she came to me with left foot injury. And this had been going on for about 10 years. She'd been on multiple medications, multiple interventions, including, stilet, uh, including lumbar sympathetic plexus blocks, etc. Multiple medications. I switched her over to LDN and the response was quite dramatic. She hadn't told me during the interview that she'd had a headache that had been on for about 20 years. 
Starting naltrexone resolved the headache, much to her surprise and to my surprise, in that we hadn't even discussed headache as a symptom that she was having. The trouble was the response was not sustained. So we needed higher doses of naltrexone and she did get response to the higher doses, but there was significant social issues that continued to be a problem and this resulted in her having to go in for divorce. She did continue to work full time, but was finding it very difficult to work and be a mother. At that time, I did make a mention that she would be a good candidate for ketamine to try and see if you could try and control her pain, but the patient was not able to manage the issue logistically because ketamine required that. She has not been following up with me recently. Emin is a 60 year old male. He is an engineer. This gentleman was senior vice president at a hospital and has been on disability. Patient had multiple back surgeries because of a large fragmented disc and the patient developed very severe complex regional pain syndrome of the left leg. He came to me and had been tried on multiple modalities, including spinal cord stimulators, intrathecal pump. This gentleman would take 24 milligrams of hydromorphone at one time and it would not help. When he went to move to, he moved on to uh, North Carolina and was being treated by the physicians over there. He came to me because his grandchildren live in New Jersey and he came to me for an office visit. I reviewed his pump setting and I told him, I said, you know, this is in a dangerous setting and it would be not, it would not be something that I would like for you to continue. At that time, we talked about naltrexone and he said, let's get off the opioids. So he stayed back in New Jersey. We transitioned over. We, we took out his intrathecal pump and started on naltrexone. He responded really well. I had then, at that time, I removed the entire stimulator leads and the battery, the intrathecal pump, everything was removed. And he has now been on without opioids. He still comes back to see me from North Carolina. We do various interventions. And uh, his wife told me that he is back. And his wife said she wanted to kiss me. I'm a married man, so that wasn't going to happen. But he's doing very well. BM is a 74-year-old man. He came to me for pain related to central pain syndrome and a post-laminectomy pain syndrome. He had pain from both etiology. Not on a high dose of prescription opioids, but with other adjuvants. And his pain was never satisfactorily controlled. He was having a lot of side effects on the medication. But in addition to that, he had significant depression. We discussed this with his family and we said we can try and see whether naltrexone would work for him. We tried it for some time and I think at that time we were not so patient. We raised the dose up to six milligrams. We used oral ketamine for breakthrough pain. The situation was extremely poor and he had extremely inadequate pain control. Both the family and the patients were extremely upset about the situation and we decided that it would be appropriate for us to go back on the opioids. He still has very poor pain control and continues to have a lot of side effects. In my opinion, this was a bad choice for a patient and perhaps the optimism that we had with naltrexone was quite excessive, both on part of the family and in my case, so I learned. WB is a 50-year-old biomedical engineer. This gentleman has been having progressive peripheral neuropathy. His neuropathy started in the legs and now they're spreading into his arms. He's on small doses of methadone. I think it's about 50 milligrams of methadone per day. 
and it has been causing him significant cognitive side effects but has been controlling his pain. He does work in the biomedical device industry and his, con his company makes the different parts required for total knee replacement and his function is to create a highly sophisticated piece that you place between the two, the femoral and the tibial heads, you piece of, put a piece of metal and it is made individually and so this patient is responsible for making that device. The patient did report to me that he requires to function at a very high level of 100% at all times and it's extremely important that he do so. We switched him over to naltrexone and he had really good results. Patient reports that he was having sustained levels of energy, but he had a tachycardia and he had an anxiety attack. He did report that he had a resolution of pain at only one and a half milligrams and he felt that the medication was too strong, so he stopped the medication. We did go back and try the medication on multiple other occasions, but he continued to have tachycardia. So he's back on methadone and his progression of neuropathy has become more he still wants to try naltrexone, but he, we plan to work with his cardiologist so that we can control his tachycardia and maybe start at a much lower dose of naltrexone and gradually increase the dose. He does continue to want to work for both the fact that he enjoys it, also other reasons. SW is a 56-year-old female with a history of multiple foot surgeries. She was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, got referred to me for ketamine infusions. When she came to me, she was on 300 milligrams of morphine per day. We discussed the use of naltrexone and we switched her over to naltrexone and ketamine. She was able to come off morphine without a problem and she had a very good response. Problem is she developed gastritis. So we switched her over to a topical paste of naltrexone and did continue to have very good results. About, about 18 months into the use of naltrexone, the patient did indicate to me that she was having some side effects from ketamine, so we were, she was using it very infrequently. About 18 months after the start of naltrexone, she developed candidiasis. This was happening even as we dropped the naltrexone dose to 1.5 milligrams. We stopped naltrexone and the issue was completely resolved. We tried naltrexone on three different occasions, changing the, uh, changing the pharmacy, changing the filler, and she continued to have naltrexone. The issue with candidiasis. There were no known immune issues with the patient but she did have a problem. We discussed the possibility of going back on opioids and the patient was categorical in having to say she does not wish to do so but she also does not wish to have ketamine infusions and she has decided that she can cope with her pain. JG is a 42 year old female. She came to me with a history of transosmyelitis, significant difficulty with ambulation on very high doses of opioids. She came in a wheelchair during her first encounter She'd come for primarily for placement of an intrathecal pump. We did place the pump. She did really good well, initially well, had a good response. Then she started having increasing amount of pain and this resulted in us increasing the opioids. The increased dose of opioids resulted in very significant side effects, causing her to have sedation with very unsatisfactory pain control. We were doing injections in her lower back around the sacroiliac joint and the lumbar facets, but wasn't really controlling her pain. I offered the lady low-dose naltrexone and her husband, who works in the computer industry as a securities analyst, both of them decided that it would be appropriate to do so. She had some difficulty with weaning from opioids as this was in the pump, but the patient decided that that was what she wanted to do. So she had some very severe withdrawal symptoms, but 
decided that opioids were not going to be in the pump and has come off the medication. She now has a combination of baclofen and bupivacaine with a small dose of clonidine in the intrathecal pump, but no opioids. She's also not taking any oral opioids. Patient has started naltrexone and is at about four and a half milligrams a day. Response has been great. She's back to walking again. She has no side effects. She she's very satisfied. She's lost about 70 pounds. And now that she has done so well, she has agreed to becoming an ambassador for naltrexone. And we use her as we have some patients whom they wish, people who wish to talk to other patients. And that is something that is, uh, you will find very beneficial if you have a patient who will talk to another patient, helps them try and understand that this process can be done. MK, 52-year-old female, she had a fracture of her right forearm. She was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, came to me because she could not get into a pain management doctor's office quickly enough. We did multiple steroid ganglion blocks on her right side twice weekly. She had marked response. We started her naltrexone, continued physical therapy. We gave her no prescription opioid. The patient had an extremely good response to the whole treatment modalities, doesn't have any pain issues. She's continuing with physical therapy. She's had a remarkable improvement, and she now continues to be a mother of two sons. Both of them are in college, so she's quite, uh, she's quite relaxed. But she's doing very well. WC is a 64-year-old female diagnosed with peripheral neuropathy. Pain management doctor was very reluctant to give her prescription opioids. I've known this pain management doctor for more than 15 years, and I wanted to find out why. There weren't any issues with the patient, but she was just reluctant. Patient came to me, and we said, let's try naltrexone. He hadn't read about it, so he went back, read about the me medication, came back and told me he wishes to switch over to naltrexone. We had a very smooth transition to naltrexone. His nose of naltrexone is at about 4.5 milligrams. He has no breakthrough pain medications. He has had very good results, very functional, and he is extremely pleased that he's not taking any opioids. EG is a 58-year-old female. She was an extremely successful Wall Street banker. Came to me and with a diagnosis of complex regional pain syndrome in the face and the jaws for about 20 years. She had a significant history of TMJ. She'd been to multiple pain doctors, multiple pain treatments. She was referred for ketamine infusions. She also has a history of cervical spondylosis. We introduced naltrexone and gradually increased the dose. She had an excellent response. Patient said for the first time she had pain relief in almost 17 years and came and told me that she didn't realize how much of a problem she was having till the pain had gotten much better control and she was so much, so much more enthusiastic about life per se. She developed an allergy to naltrexone and she was finding it difficult to cope with the same. At that time, we switched pharmacies, fillers, route of administration. We tried everything and naltrexone kept causing her a problem. We've stopped naltrexone, but surprising thing is that her symptoms of complex regional pain syndrome are well controlled. She needs the occasional cervical median branch block. She does not wish to take any opioids. She has no cognitive side effects and she's doing reasonably well. IW is a 68-year-old female. She's a retired school teacher. She was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer. She'd been treated with chemotherapy and radiation therapy, also had back surgery and had a post-laminectomy pain syndrome and peripheral neuropathy. I'd been working with this lady for years and had been treating her with different options, including medications and interventions. We had, she had been away from my practice for a couple of years and then came back and said, you know, I'm having difficulty with my neuropathy and I can't take care of my dogs. 
So she told me that she was she just to take she would take friends' dogs for a walk, not as a dog sitter, but just for the fun of it. I introduced her to naltrexone for her neuropathy, and she now swears by it. She can go up and down the stairs. She said this has been a problem for her because of the neuropathy. She's now back to taking care of the dogs. She says this is her passion. She's excited that her son is now dating a young woman and they are looking to see if she can get married soon. So that was another one who did very well. So let me close up this lecture and uh, essentially tell you that naltrexone has been around since the 1980s and it has FDA approval for different uses, including drug overdosage, and now it is approved for alcohol and opioid withdraw uh, addiction. Naltrexone in its different doses, as mentioned before, has been used in different situations and quite successfully. It has been used quite extensively in pain management, and I have just given you some case scenarios that you can see if they're useful for you in your practice. Most of the patients who have benefited from naltrexone have been with patients who have neuropathic pain processes. Most of the patients have tolerated them fairly well, and the medication is actually very affordable. So thank you very much for allowing me to present to you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this presentation. All past conference presentations can be found on our website, www.ldnresearchtrust.org.